Welcome back to Kingdom Cast. It's your host, Good Luck Chuck. We back at it with another episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share all your social media platforms. Uh, we didn't get the result that we wanted yesterday. It was a tough, hard-fought game. We came up short to the Buffalo Bills. They circled the wagons all over Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, they won by the final score of 24-20. to um, Made a few mistakes that cost us. But, you know, before we get into all that, uh, let's introduce the panel here. Top middle is my guy, Country. Top right hand corner is our homegirl, Kylie. Bottom right hand screen is my guy, Boogie. And we bring back a special guest that's been on this show before. Uh, he is from Fans Fan Side. He is the national NFL reporter on that website. So we'd like to welcome back Matt Verderan. How you doing, man? Good. I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Matt, you had a lot of you had a lot of thoughts after this game, man. Um, I had a lot of thoughts too. Um, I just want to start, I just want to start off with this, man. The game plan yesterday, I was not a fan of. It, it, it felt like we was in shotgun like 80% of the time. Uh, we neglected the running game again. And, and as a result, man, you know, eventually it came back to bite us, man. So, I mean, what did you think about the game plan overall, man? Yeah, I always have a lot of thoughts on these games. Uh, look, I, I think their offensive coaching is their biggest problem right now. And it is by far the thing that scares me the most going forward with them. Because I think talent-wise, look, you could, you could talk about a lot of things. Like, you could talk about the fact they need to get more pressure with four guys. You, know, you, you could talk about needing to get guys back and healthy, uh, which, which they should this week. You, know, you, you could talk about not having a Tyreek Hill type, right? But they have enough talent to win these games. Like, they just played the best team in football, and they were right there. They probably – I don't want to say should have won it, but certainly could have won it. Um, I'm I'm sick and tired of watching Clyde Edwards-Alaire try to run outside when he can't run outside. Stop trying to run him outside. It's ridiculous. It's like asking Burton to run outside. Just stop. He can't do it. He's not fast enough to do it. And I see people get mad at Clyde Edwards-Alaire about it. I feel the same way about this as I did with Dan Sorensen as a deep safety last year. Look, you can't get mad at Dan Sorensen for asking him to do something he can't do. That's your problem. That's a coaching problem. And when you've got Isaiah Pacheco standing on the sideline who is built to run outside zone and is averaging almost five yards a carry, he just won't give him the football more than two times in a game. I don't get it. So I thought that was a problem. I also think in this game, look, like late in that game, when you have two possessions, 17-17, you get a field goal out of it. And then 2017, you go three and out. Like that's a spot in the game where, look, like let Mahomes, like run your premium stuff. I don't want to see you swinging it out to a running back. Run your best stuff and go, go try to win the game. They've had a lot of problems this year trying to end games with this offense on the field. It almost hurt them against the Raiders, and it didn't hurt them because the defense was able to make a play. But at some point here, like, Andy's got to just go with the best guys on the field, and it feels like right now they're not doing that all the time. Okay, I got a question about the running game, man. Do you, do you think we run into too many running plays out of shotgun? And, like, when we do run out of shotgun, do you think Michael Burton needs to be out there a little more as a lead blocker? Because I promise you, when he's used as a lead blocker, that's when our running game kind of takes off a bit. That's when we have our best runs. I think you could. Look, putting putting Burton on the field does a few things. Like I remember years ago when I covered the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Niners, I actually wrote an article on, on Anthony Sherman and Kyle Juszczyk, and I sat down and talked to both of those guys, and Juszczyk brought up the point. He's like, look, you're better off putting me on the field as a fullback in a, in a blocking scheme than you are a tight end. Not because I'm a better blocker, but because if I line up in the I formation, you don't know where the strong side is until we snap the ball. And it was a really interesting point that I never thought about. 
Because you don't know which way I'm going. You you know where the tight end, you know where the strong side is. You're going to shift your defense that way. You have no idea where the strong side is going to be, where we're going to have numbers. And I think that's one thing the Chiefs could utilize. Another thing is, and the Bills, by the way, did this early in the game. When you put a fullback in the backfield, or even just two backs in the backfield, however you want to use utilize them, the one thing that does, it forces teams to do one of two things. They either have to go in heavy personnel defensively, base personnel, and then it opens up all these mismatches for the Chiefs on the outside, or they're going to stay in a light box, and then you should be able to run the ball down their throats. The Chiefs have one of the better fullbacks in football and never use them. And I, I agree, they, they should get under center more and utilize a power run game behind what I think, honestly, is the best interior offensive line in the NFL. Pound the ball. Go for, go right at these teams. Do what you did against Tampa. But the Chiefs did that and then decided never to try it again. It's mind-boggling. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, and, I've been, and I've been preaching this, like, the entire season. Like, our best runs is when we go under center and hand the ball off with a lead blocker in front. And is this it kills me like because this has been Andy Reese bugaboo throughout his entire career. Like yeah. his refusal to commit to the run on a consistent basis. Like he is so pass happy. Like, man, I get that you used to be a quarterback coach back in the day with Green Bay, you know, Brett Favre, you know, he's great talent and arm, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks we've seen play the game right. and all that. But um that's that's one of the big reasons why he hasn't won multiple Super Bowls. Cause when it gets down to it, um passing the ball that much, that ends up costing him. I also thought Andy Reid on Sunday, like when when I did the Arrowhead Attic podcast yesterday, I, I don't think I've ever used this term to describe a coach before, but I thought it was ignorant the way they used their timeouts yesterday. It was insane. The 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 Bills run the ball the minute forty five to go in the game. You know, barring a, a really surprising result, you know, a turnover, something like that, they're at minimum going to tie the game. The most valuable asset you have is time. And you let 40 seconds go off the clock. You just stood there and let four, literally let half the clock run off. You surprised, Matt? No, I'm not surprised. Okay. But, okay. but like, what world do you live in? Call a timeout. A mm-hmm. nine-year-old on Madden would know to call a timeout. And like, I also am to the point, if you're the Chiefs, like, at what point do you sit Andy down and go, Andy, you're going to have a time management coach on the sideline with you. That's what's happening. And that person has authorization to tell you what to do. And now, look. Andy's the most powerful person in that building outside of Clark Hunt. So that's not the easiest conversation to have. But at some point, like, that was insane. And that's the kind of stuff that happens, I feel like, all the time with them. You know, last year in the AFC title game, they get down at second and goal at the two. The Bengals have no timeouts. Like, you you are in a position of strength. You can run the ball down their throat. You either get in the end zone and score, and great, you're winning. Now you need a touchdown to beat you with no timeouts. Or you don't get in. You're not going to lose yardage. And – Fine. You run off to 30 seconds left on the clock. What do the Chiefs do? They run two pass plays and lose 30 yards. Like, I, this is the kind of stuff. Like, Andy Reid's going to walk into the Hall of Fame. He deserves to. He's one of the best schemers. He's one of the best matchup guys you'll ever find. But there are nuances to the game with Andy Reid that just escaped the man. And you saw him on full display yesterday at times when it really hurt them against a very good football team. I still think with that running game, though, I still just think we don't got the talent. Like, I, I really just don't think we do. I'm, I'm happy country not talking about Clyde this week because, again, same conversations every week. Clyde is not him, man. It's like we didn't lower expectations. Anytime Josh Allen is running for more yards than our number one back, this is a problem, man. And this is going to be a problem all year, even come playoff time. 
We can't run the ball. Our offensive line is not as good as Chiefs fans think it is. These are going to be the same problems we have in the playoffs. It's going to be hard for the Chiefs to go on a deep run when you can't run the ball and you can't pass block. I mean, do you – well, just real – yeah, so I just feel like can we find more success with Pacheco? I feel like we're not running Pacheco enough. So Matt just said they're not using either one of them properly. I mean, like, look, I'm not saying that Pacheco is going to be the, the guy that he he's compared to in this comparison because he's clearly not going to be this guy. This is reminding me of like Thomas Jones and Jamal Charles when you're like, my God, just put the guy in the game. What do you like? Just put him in the game. Now, look, Isaiah Pacheco is not Jamal Charles. But the point is, like Thomas Jones was a good NFL running back. He could hammer the ball. He could get you some yards. Clyde edwards Lair is going to be in the league for a while. He's not a bad player. But they don't utilize him correctly. I, like, he should be between the tackles, one cut and go. That's what it should be with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I'm going to put his head down, pick up four yards, and move on. Isaiah Pacheco, should, you're trying to crease them on the edge and get up the field. I don't understand. The other thing is these running backs, Like, do any of them have hands that we could utilize at any point in time, ever? All you ever hear about is all these guys can catch the ball. They never throw it to them, ever. And you, and you end up in these, these games where it's like, well, it's Kelsey, and lately it's been Juju. And then, well, hopefully McCole gets open, right? Or hopefully MBS gets open. And, and look, sometimes you're going to have that. That's okay. But in games like this, like, throw the ball to the running backs occasionally. Put them in space. You know, they, they did run a couple more screens last few weeks. I'm happy about that. But some of this stuff doesn't have to be this hard. It really doesn't. Like, with this amount of talent, this should be fairly easy to score a bunch of points. I feel like with the Chiefs, they score, but it's a big effort for them to score sometimes, when it really shouldn't be. It really shouldn't, man. And, like, yesterday was a perfect, perfect game plan to run some counters, some traps, and, like, some toss weeks with Jeremy McKinnon. And we just we just neglected the running game altogether, man. Like, at, at some point, you're going to get Patrick Mahomes hurt uh, with these type of game plans. Hey, at some point, we got to go ahead. I, I know we love to give Veach his props when he do good, but he fumbled the running back room this year, man. I, I'm there already, man. I don't know what else we need to see from this running back This running back group. We got oh, Rojo. We won't even play him. Still. I, I'm there except for, like, can can they play the kid that they couldn't stop talking about all offseason? Okay. Like, I mean, that that's mm-hmm. my only complaint. Otherwise, Boogie, I'm right. with you. I'm with okay. you. Otherwise. But, like, put the kid in the game. Like, I I do not understand why they do this, right? Like, and it was like last year with, like, Nick Bolton when you clearly saw, at least last year, and this year he's struggling to get off blocks at times. But, like, last year, the kid was a human missile. They're like, we're we're not going to put him in. Him and Willie Gay, it took them till December to get those two guys on the field. Like, I don't understand what the hesitation is. It's not like you're taking some guy off the field who's a legend and you're like, well, exactly. listen, man, he's been there for 10 years and you respect his name. Like, with all due respect to Clyde Edwards Alaire, like, what are we doing? Like, he's, he's just a jag, man. Like, you play him. It's just crazy to me. I, I don't understand what this fear is. And also, last in the running, at least for me, you know what? A lot of people out there think, like, it doesn't matter if you can run the ball. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You have them all. I'll tell you right now, and to Chuck's point, it does matter. Because one of these games, Mahomes is going to get killed behind this offensive line. Like, you're going to have a game where these teams just say, look, we have no respect for you running the ball. You're not going to do it. We don't fear you doing it. You want to know why they blocked the Bucs so well and everybody was so shocked? 
because they ran it down their throat on first down. And the Buccaneers, the whole game, had to respect the fact that it's second and four, and you can't just tee off. Well, you can tee off when it's second and ten. You don't care if they run for four yards on second and ten. That is part of the – if they want to beat the Bills in the playoffs, which, by the way, I think they're very capable of doing. I think they match up really well with them. If you want to beat them, you need to be able to at least run the ball. People remember the playoff game last year for Mahomes, and that's fine. They ran the ball really well in that game when they ran it. You need to make them respect you, especially now they have Von Miller. And if you're not going to do that, if you're going to run the ball two times with Isaiah Pacheco, two times with Jarek McKinnon, and nine times with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, they're not going to respect you. That game was never a two-score game. Why don't you ever run the football? I, I just At some point, that stuff bites you in the ass, and it bit him in the ass yesterday. You just don't trust that group. They don't. Yeah, and I want to I read out a stat. Um, both of our tackles right now, they top five in pressures given up right now. And you know how you neutralize that some? You run the football. But on to the next subject. Um <laughs> I seen I seen that uh, the receivers did step up yesterday. Uh, Juju had a big game. Uh, McCall's been coming along again in these past two weeks or so. Uh, you know, Travis did as usual. Um, okay, I want to do want to talk about Sky Moore because we've been talking about him for the past few weeks. Um, it's it's Sky Moore to the point where you, we just, we just got to be like, look, he's gonna be on the back end of the schedule type of deal. Same with uh, Pacheco. It's, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Same thing Matt was just complaining about. Mm-hmm. We can give examples every year. We can give one or two examples. It's the same thing, man. Sky clearly to me, well, it, you taking Valdez over Sky? I mean, Valdez has played well, but long term, I'm definitely taking Sky. <laughs> but he didn't play well yesterday, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't understand what their their hesitancy is. To play these kids that they draft. Like, right. that's why you drafted them. You know, like, I can't get on beach for that. That's a coaching staff thing. Like, these kids are talented. Play them. And, I look, I get it with more a little bit more. Like, Pacheco, I don't get it all. That just drives me insane. With more, I get it a little bit. Like, MBS has been hot and cold this year. Yesterday, it was ice cold. He's on pace for 730 yards, which is a career high for him. Like, he's actually performing better than he literally ever had. And that doesn't mean he's worth 3-30, and 30, okay? Although, mm-hmm. if you really look at that deal, it's a one-year deal. Right. Um, but he's on pace. Juju's on pace for over a thousand yards. He's been good. Like Juju, I have no problems with Juju. He's fine. He is not the problem. Kelsey's Kelsey, no problem there. But for me, it's like yesterday Tony Romo made a great point during the broadcast, right? They they throw that deep ball to Hardman and it doesn't get there because Hardman runs a big arc on his route. And so it becomes a much harder throw from Mahomes. He doesn't make the throw. I'm not a I'm not a McCall Hardman bash or anything like that. I think he's a talented guy, but like, bro, you got you got to run a route correctly. You're in your fourth year in the NFL. That's not a hard route. That's an easy route against that leverage. Like you need to put your foot in the ground and turn. That's just a lazy route. There's nothing more to it. Like that's just a lazy. I'm gonna round this off because I don't feel like sticking my foot in the ground. And look, I get he's fast. Then decelerate a, a half second there and make the turn. You're still gonna be more open than you are rounding it off. But they've got to get Sky Moore on the field because one thing about him, when he's out there, he performs. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been good when he's been on the field. And and you can tell Mahomes trusts him. He throws right to him when he's out there. So they've got to split up those reps, however they got to do it. But they got to get more on the field because right now they are lacking a guy who combines speed and route running. That is a killer combo. That's why Hill is as great as he is. 
they need to find that. Moore is one guy. You know he can run routes, and he's fast. Mm-hmm. Like, let it, let him roll. But they, they have a hesitancy to do it. I just think offseason, we definitely going to have to rebuild the receiving group over again and the running back group, regardless of what happens this year. I think you have to. Like, Juju was fine. I'm cool with Juju as the number two receiver. I don't think Juju's a number one receiver. Uh, Valdez, like you said, is a one-year deal. Whatever you want to do with him is fine. But you still got to go get a number one receiver that's going to command attention, that can go deep. We got to have that. And we, I know we go get – oh, yeah, I keep saying get over Tyreek and all that, but it's every time you watch the Chiefs, you can see clearly they don't respect the Chiefs going deep. They don't. They're not worried about the Chiefs going deep no more. We'd rather the Chiefs try to dink and dunk all all down the field and we try to make Mahomes make a turnover or get a stop. Then but don't break. But we know the Chiefs are not going to throw it deep like that. Yeah. But but um but here's my here's the other thing I want to talk about here. Uh, some people some people are saying that Patrick Mahomes uh, maybe getting a little bit of a pass for yesterday. Um, my thing is this: I, I can't put I can't put too much blame on Patrick. Like Patrick, he's a part of the reason why we lost, but he's not a huge part because because like we mentioned earlier in the show, the game plan was crazy. Like you you basically did seventy five percent pass and twenty five percent run. Um, now. Were those picks um, terrible? Yeah, they were terrible picks. I feel like on the first interception, he should have threw the ball away instead of trying to force it in the end zone. Um, the second one, you know, um, what's it, uh, Johnson, the slot corner, you just you just break it. You know what I mean? Um, so, like, do, do um, how much blame do you think Patrick Mahomes gets for yesterday, honestly, when you, get, when you put all those factors together? He gets some. You, you get you get paid when Mahomes gets paid. You you know you're expected right or wrong to be perfect. Now he's he's human, but you know you can't throw that. To me, the second pick, I don't listen. I, I frankly, that second pick is a product, in my opinion, and not taking a timeout 50 seconds earlier. And he does you can't throw it away because now you got to press because you don't have the other 45 seconds you ought to have because Andy was thinking about what play he was going to call on third and two, like that. That is to me the bigger issue on the second pick. I don't I don't mind that. Look, he's trying to make something happen. The first pick, that can't happen. Like that ball, I don't want to hear about, well, you know, I'm throwing it up to NVS. It's Marquez Valdez Scantling. You're not throwing it to Jerry Rice. Throw the ball to bounds. Yep. Like if it's Jerry Rice over, if it's Tyreek Hill, hey man, throw it to him. I'm yep. cool with that. If it's Travis Kelsey, okay. Yeah. It's Marquez Valdez Scantling. Don't throw the ball to Marquez Valdez Scantling when he's covered by two dudes, please. Now and forever. But I, I think that's one of those things. Like, if you if he throws that ball away, no, this is all hindsight. I mean, he doesn't know this at the time. Throws the ball away and he gets a chip shot field goal. Now they only need a field goal at the end of the game. Now, you, I mean, with Butker, Mike, oh, listen, let's say this. That 62-yard field goal, that thing would have been good from 70. Right. Like, Butker, literally, if they got the ball to their own 45-yard line, I think would have had a shot. So, you know, look, it's, it's frustrating when you sit there – and you think about the woulda, coulda, shouldas. I'll, I'll tell you what. I We talk about who gets more blame. And I'm not going to blame Spags at all because I thought yesterday he's, he's coaching with one hand behind his back. I mean, they were missing so many guys in that game. I actually thought he had a really good game plan, by and large. They held him to 17 points for 59 minutes. The one criticism I have of them defensively yesterday is not even the game-winning touchdown. Look, the Bills did what, what they do. They're a great team. They found a way to get in. That drive before halftime, that can't happen. 
Like, you you just cannot let a team go 99 yards in a minute. I, I don't care. And to me, that was on their safeties as much as anything else. Like, you, you can't – I mean, you cannot let that happen. So, I give them blame there. You know, the offensive line, I thought for the most part, held up. I mean, Mahomes, really, most of the pressure came when he held the ball for four, five, six seconds. Um, I put on the coaching staff offensively. And then, you know, listen, Mahomes has to wear a little bit of it. Yeah. I mean, you can't throw that pick early in the game. Not against them. You can get away with that against Denver. You can't get away with that against Buffalo. Yeah. I want to talk about the safeties, too, man. Um, here's my thing. Spags, he did have a much better game plan. I give him that. But, like, in certain situations, he had those young corners on the island. And I feel like, man, mm-hmm. those guys just got mm-hmm. to the league. Mm-hmm. I like like what the future holds for Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson, but you cannot have them on the island going up against Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis, man. You got to at least have a safety over the top um, at all times. Is so. this deja vu that we had this episode before? Yep. <laughs> with, the Ra- with the Raiders. You saw what Devontae did. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Spags going to do that, man. We. I don't even get mad at Spags for doing that, leaving them on the island. Andy messing up on timeouts. This is who they are at this point, man. They've been doing that the whole time they've been here. I mean, at some point, those little things become really big things when you play the best teams in football. Yep. You know, those little things that you get away with, like I was baffled watching them play the Raiders and you're putting like Rashad Fenton one-on-one with Devonta Adams and just hoping it works out. And then, the, and, and you get these people who are like mad at Fenton, bro. It's Devonte Adams. Like everybody in the world's getting cooked one-on-one against Devonte Adams. Like Rashad Fenton. Like you, if you put him in a position to, to be one-on-one with Devonte Adams in the middle of the field, that's a you problem. Yep. Like don't ask him to do that. Look, I'm 6'2", 235. Don't ask me to win you a 100-meter dash. It's not happening. Like, that's your fault for asking me to do it, right? Like, I'm not built for that. Don't try it. You, I think at some point it becomes you're asking guys to do things they're not built to do. The one thing I will say, though, to, to spin this another direction that I think is important, the Bills, according to next-gen stats, when the Chiefs blitzed Buffalo, Allen was 4 of 12. And the Chiefs had a lot of success just by the eye test, blitzing and blitzing and bl- I mean, bringing five, six guys. They stopped doing it a little bit because, as you mentioned, Chuck, they had to put those corners on Nyland to do that. And Watson actually held up really well. I thought Williams, look, for, for being in that spot, did okay. But a couple great throws by Allen, you get beat. I am very curious if they see each other again, if the Chiefs have a healthy group of corners, if they say, you know what, we're going to blitz all night. And we're going to put McDuffie on an island, and we're going to put Snead on an island, and we're going to put Watson on an island, and we're bringing six all night long. Beat it. Because one thing, they the Bills had no answer for them blitzing last night. None. Other than just, hey, throw it to Davis or Diggs if they're on Joshua Williams one-on-one. And if I'm, if I'm Spagnuolo, as frustrating as it was to lose that game, I'm walking out of that game going, you know, we found a way to cause them some major problems. Because the one look, the, like the offense, you could argue with the Chiefs. I don't know exactly what the identity is, other than just Mahomes and Kelsey. The defense has its struggles, but if there's one identity with them, they might be the best blitzing team in the NFL. They get home over and over and over. Like now, it's unfortunate they have to blitz as much as they do, but they're a great blitzing team. Like when they blitz, they're they're relentlessly getting to the quarterback. So. I think that's actually something when they get healthy in the secondary that they could carry over when they see the Bills again if they do see him in January. 
Okay, well, what, what's your assessment of the front four so far? I mean, since you're speaking of, you know, us being like arguably the best blitzing team in the NFL right now, um, I saw yesterday, I saw at times we kind of started to get home, but, you know, Chris Jones had that key sack late, but it was actually a trip, though. <laughs> the rest didn't call it. They missed it. But um, what do you think about the front four play so far overall this season? Do you think it needs to be addressed a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, look, look I think – Chris Jones has been phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't. I mean, Chris Jones. I think is having the best year of his career. I know he's got two sacks right mm. now. He he's been a force, man. and he's getting doubled and tripled like every play, and he's still doing what he's doing. Right. Um, I think Carl Loftus. Listen, I made this comparison about weeks ago. Carl Loftus. Everybody wants him to come in and just have like eight to ten sacks, and when you're a rookie D end, that is that is a high high bar to hit. Like. I think there have been times he's been a little more invisible than you'd like, but there have been sometimes he's played really well. He's good against the run. He's getting some pressure. I think I think it's going to come for that kid. I think there's going to be a four game stretch this year where he has like four four and a half sacks, and you're like, okay, you're good. I remember Justin Houston his rookie year. You go back and look at the game log. I don't think he had a sack for his first eleven games, and then he had four in his last five games, and then obviously went on to a great career. I think he will get his at some point. I think Dunlap's given him a little bit of juice. But, like, he's not on the field enough because they still play Frank Clark a ton. And, like, I'm not going to just pile on to Frank Clark, but, like, what Frank Clark doesn't get home enough. This doesn't happen enough. You know, like, I, I think Saunders should be on the field more. I think Dunlap should be on the field more. Now, look, is that going to fix everything and they're going to be a top five front four? No. I'll tell you right now. Everybody keeps talking about who they should trade for. I would call Carolina every single day and be like, I don't care that you don't want to trade him. What is, what is it going to take for Brian Burns? What is it going to take? First round pick? Because you're going to have it. What do you want? Carolina is atrocious. That team is in a full-scale rebuild, whether or not it wants to realize it. I don't want Christian McCaffrey from the Chiefs. I want, I want an edge rusher. I'm calling them every single day. I'm calling Washington. I'm calling them about their D-line. Hey, who, who are you willing to give up for a pick? Because if I'm the Chiefs, I think that's the biggest impact. Their line isn't terrible, but it's not doing enough with this front four. It's just it's it's high on potential, it's low on production. Well, and I think we saw what Von Miller did. And obviously Von Miller is a little different, but what he did for the Bills and how much that affected their game yesterday. Yep. And like in the and to your point, Kylie, um, the great adjustment that the Bills made yesterday in that game, um, you know, because Orlando Brown Jr. He played much better than he did on Monday night, in my opinion, I felt like. Um, where Von Miller finally got off is when Andrew Wiley wasn't holding his own on his side. Like, when right when Greg Rousseau bad that pass at the line of scrimmage, I believe the Chiefs were trying to run a screen. He bad the pass, and then all of a sudden, Leslie Frazier saw food over there. He put Von Miller over on Wiley's side, and that's when Von Miller started to get off and dominate. So that was a great adjustment by Leslie Frazier right there. So you got to credit him for that. They said Von Miller was too old in the offseason. He didn't look like it this week. No, he did not. He's got six sacks. I think he's all right. Mm-hmm. You know, this is oh, – also, by the way, one other guy I throw out there, Robert Quinn. Like, you yeah. literally are buddies. I had Brett Veach on the on the podcast, and I had Attic, I don't know, right before the season started, uh, mid, mid-August. And he told the story about how when they went to Chicago for, for a preseason game, he and Ryan Pohl sat down, had dinner, and they were talking about all these different things. Like, look. Call up your buddy Ryan and say, hey, like, what is it going to take for Robert Quinn? You guys are two and four. It's all about the future. What is, what's it going to take? 
Like Robert Quinn had 18 sacks last year. Call up and ask about Robert Quinn. And he doesn't have to have 18 sacks in Kansas City. If he has nine, that's great. Like, that can be the difference. Because right now, they have to blitz like crazy to get home. And that, look, again, their blitzes have been so effective that they're getting away with it. But you run a risk every time you blitz. That if you don't get home, you are one-on-one in the backfield. And you better be able to cover. And against teams like Buffalo and Cincinnati, and the Chargers even, that's a problem. So, I I think this team, as it's constructed, can win the Super Bowl. I mean, they're clearly one of the three best teams in football. I just sat there and did my power rankings. Guys, believe me, they're one of the three best teams. Minnesota's fourth. The Chiefs would be a double-digit favorite against Minnesota at Arrowhead. So, they're a top-three team, but you can always get better, and that edge rush needs to get better. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because, like, um, here's the thing. Frank Clark, man, I'm, 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 I'm glad that he helped us win a Super Bowl, you know, um, he case can't do it in the postseason for us and all that, but you know his condition, like him having to go off the field at random times, like I don't know what I don't know what's going on with his insides and stuff, but he's gets get to a point where you know he can't be on the field all the time like that. So uh, defense a lot of depth from that aspect, like you mentioned, trading for Brian Burns or going after Robert Quinn, somebody like that, uh, that could definitely help bolster up the defensive line and you know help Frank out some too because. Um, you know, it'll, it'll give Frank, I think he'll give Frank a little more energy to win his matchups. I think he wins his, his matchups more often if you give him less snaps. I mean, I do think Frank's had a better season than he did last season. I mean, I don't know what his statistics are this year, but I also saw him get held a couple times yesterday, and I don't feel like those were called, but there was a lot of calls. So That's actually a good point. Kyle, like, I, there was a play on the last drive of the game for the Bills where I forget which offensive lineman it was. The guy literally had Clark by the jersey and was just, like, pulling him backwards toward the line. And yeah, I remember that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, look, man. Now, look, the, the officiating was awful both ways yesterday, so I, I'm right. not saying, like, change the game. How are the officials this bad? Like, <laughs> honest to God, make these guys full-time employees. That's the exact reason why they're that bad. Exactly. I mean, oh, 100%. It is. Like, these guys – are basically getting paid 10k a game or something, I believe it is, to go out there and ref these games. And you know, you have, you have. By the way, the, the, the Broncos just went about I don't know 70 yards in 12 seconds against the Chargers here before halftime, um, without, without a timeout. So I guess doing the Chiefs one better than their 99 yard allowance yesterday. But it's it's one of these things you look at it and go, these are you know, look. The more and more that people gamble on these games now, with the states making it legal, like. You have an obligation to the fans. You need to get this mm-hmm. stuff right. This is money. Like, not just for players and coaches and their jobs or anything else. This is this is people putting down their hard-earned money on these games. And to be fair, you can't miss that trip on Chris Jones. I mean, he stuck his leg out and doesn't leg whipped him. It's as clear as there being the world saw it. Now, maybe Chris Jones, maybe there was some cosmic energy for him that he deserved it after what's happened to him this year, Right. But it's crazy. Then that hold on Frank Clark. The world can see. I mean, everybody in the world sees this guy just pulling on the back of his jersey. There's no call. There were multiple plays yesterday, defensive holds on both teams where you went, really? I don't know. There's always going to be some element of, hey, you know what? Human nature. Okay, you're going to miss a call. Some of this stuff is just, just blatant. I mean, it's right in front of you. And these guys either don't see it or they create a penalty that didn't happen. Here's the other blatant one, the other blatant call that happened. Like uh, when Mahomes threw a touchdown pass to the MVS, they got called back. 
Um, yeah, legal was, man was, was that was that a legal man downfield on Crane Humphrey? Because I didn't think it was. So my understanding is you're allowed to pick a yard downfield. He was like a yard and a third downfield. I, mean, I, I just again, like if it doesn't affect the play, what are we doing? And right. I'm not saying because it's Kansas City. I'd say it's the other way around too. Like he's standing. Like nobody thought he was eligible there. Like, nobody. No, like, he was not drawing defenders in. I again, some of this stuff is just it's just obvious. Like. Why are, why are we calling this stuff? It's like when, to me, you know, some guy is getting off the field and he's a, he, like his foot's in the air and he's over the white line. Like, nope, it's five yards. Like, he that is not imp- impacting the play. Just let these guys play ball, man. I don't know if you guys saw the Derek Carr clip today uh, on a podcast talking about the Chris Jones penalty where he was like laughing with Chris Jones after the play. Like, Chris Jones is furious. He's like, I can't believe because I thought we held somebody. Like I, I couldn't believe they threw a flag. I mean, that's when you know you got a broken process. You, right. you really do. And well, I saw someone mention it in the comments, but that taunting call on Juju. Oh, yeah, that's. I think I was like, "What are we doing? Just let him play." No fun league. I didn't even know right. that happened until I got home. I, I didn't know what the penalty was at the stadium. That that's crazy. They didn't show right. the replay of that. That's silly. Just crazy. It was like, he got snot on your nose. That's all you did? Like, yeah, that's... Also, they're grown men. Like, you can't handle that? Yeah, that's... I don't know. Come on, man. Just, like... It's not children out there. Anyway. But, but Diggs had a whole conversation later on in the game where he was talking. With McCall Hardy. said anything. Yeah. It just was... But country, I do see somebody uh, requesting your requesting your thoughts. On I, I'm not acknowledging the guy that... that... <laughs> No, I'm not acknowledging that guy. Just our <laughs> local, our local Bengals fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, that guy. That guy. Matt, <laughs> I, I just, I, uh, honestly, and don't you feel like we do this every year? Isn't this the same argument we had from 18 since Mahomes has been a starter? They Very get awesome. to a point in the season where there's a lull. It doesn't look right. Everybody's calling for everybody's head. And then they roll off five in a row and everybody's happy. And nobody, everybody forgets all this stuff we talked about all night. Not saying that it's always going to happen like that. It's, it's, an, it's crazy to think that it's always going to go like that. But it, it literally always goes like that. There's always a moment that, that, that makes Boogie lose five dreads. And then they grow back magically after we knock off six in a row. It happens every year. Last year, it was, we're not getting McCall involved. There's only Travis and Tyreek. We're not, we're not versatile. And then we knock off eight in a row. And then we're back in the AFC title game again. Like, you know, like, is, is it, is it, are we crazy to start relying on that? Is that impossible to think? No, but they are that good that they they do it every year, Boogie. I, I think, I, I think two things are true simultaneously. If you sat here and asked me right now, what do I think their record is going to be at the end of the year? I tell you, thirteen and four, like maybe twelve and five. They're going to win a ton of games because their schedule is about to get a lot easier. The Niners are a tough game, and then they go into the bye, and after that, eight of their ten games are against teams they should absolutely pound them to the ground. Like, and 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 the other ones are the Chargers and Bengals, and they're probably going to be favored. Uh, much to the dismay of uh, the sporting voice here, uh, who, who, by the way, sir, with due respect, your team's three and three and just beat Walmart Andy Dalton. Relax. Um, I, 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 the, the reality is like, they're, they're going to win their 12, 13 games. 
But I get where Boogie comes from on this too, because I feel the same way. Like this kind of stuff, it's not that it's going to hold them back in the regular season. It's when they get to January and they screw up at the end of the first half and they get no points or they get three points instead of seven because Andy doesn't know how to use timeouts properly. And then they have second down and one after a nine yard run and they throw the ball twice for incompletions and then punt the ball away. Like I've always said with the chiefs, Andy's a great coach, but sometimes it's too much of a magic show with them. I really believe like if it's not fun for them, they just don't want to do it. I don't give a shit if it's fun or not. Like, I don't care. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear on your podcast. I swear on mine. Um, no, you're good. I, you're good. I, I, don't, I, don't, I should check first. I don't – like, look, I don't care if it's not fun. Like, you know what's fun? Winning. Winning's fun. Right. Winning's, okay, I'm a hockey fan. Okay, the New Jersey Devils who suck right now. But when I was a kid, they were great. They won a bunch of Stanley Cups. And people used to bitch and moan all the time because they were a really defensive team. But, oh, it's so boring to watch. You know what wasn't boring? When they skated around the Stanley Cup. That was yeah. a lot of damn fun. When you got up one nothing, your game's over. Doesn't matter. They have 50 minutes, the game's done. Nobody's scoring this team. The Chiefs have that ability. Where, like, they, teams should fear the hell out of that interior of the offensive line. Where it's like, look, here it comes, and you're not going to stop it. And, by the way, when you start to commit guys up, now we're going to hit you over the top. You ever notice how the Chiefs can never get a guy deep anymore, ever? Because nobody ever has to come up, ever. They're 20 yards, 25 yards off the line of scrimmage. It's crazy because teams know you're not running the ball. We have no fear. By the way, when's the one time MVS got loose a couple times deep? Tampa. Tampa Bay. Why? Because they had to come up and respect the run. That's why. I guarantee you, if they run the ball against the Niners this week, if they do that, they will hit a couple deep shots in the game. You need teams like everybody loves to point out well, Buffalo doesn't run the ball. Yeah, but Josh Allen does. So you have to always respect that that might happen. And then it becomes, hey, you know what? We're going to have to throw a little cover one in here. We're going to have to cover a little cover three. And now, boom, over the top. The Chiefs have speed. They can still get deep. I'm not saying they have Tyreek Hill, but they got guys who can get deep. But you can't do it successfully when every team in the league says, edge rushers, pin your ears back. Safeties play 20 yards off the line of scrimmage because they're never going to run. And on the 12 plays that they do, who cares? Let them do it. It's not going to hurt us enough. That is, You have to run these teams out of it, and they have shown no inclination to ever do it. Yep. And by, I don't... The way, by the way, Devin Singletary had five yards of pop yesterday. 17 carries, 85 yards. That's pretty good. 107 total yards. That's pretty good. Um, Chiefs run defense has got worse these last couple of weeks. We was bragging about them before that Raiders game. These last couple of weeks, they've been slipped. I mean, do you think that's a product of Willie Gay being out? Good party. We talked about that, Kylie. Yep. We did talk about that. Yeah. We definitely need him back this week. I'm happy he's back. It, it's definitely partially Willie Gay. Part of it's also because the Raiders played with six offensive linemen at times, and the Bills were using a fullback. And so what it does is it forces you to play in your base defense. Mm-hmm. And – the Chiefs have struggled with that. Leo Chanal has been okay. Uh, they didn't have Willie Gay. Having Willie Gay back is a huge deal because he brings speed to that linebacking core. Like, I think people have been like, man, Bolton hasn't been as good the last couple of weeks yet because Willie Gay's not next to him. Like, when you have Willie Gay there, that changes things up front. Now you screw with teams' numbers because, look, Willie Gay is an athletic freak show as a linebacker. That's a that guy, he, I mean, he runs like a corner playing linebacker. When you have that, you blow up blocks. Now Bolton's flowing more free to the ball. 
right? Like all these things change. So, you know, it's kind of like in baseball, if you got a great hitter, but there's nobody behind them. And it's like, man, I'll just screw it. I'll, I'll pick on the edges. I'll throw off speed stuff. Now all of a sudden you got a guy behind them. Well, now, now, now you're going to get fastballs. And now if I screw up, if I miss with my fastball, it's 420 feet the other direction. Football is no different. You start like, that's why I think the one thing I think could really take off for this team, when they get McDuffie and Gay back, that changes everything about the way they can play defense. Now, I think they would have won the game yesterday if those two guys were on the field, not because of any denigration toward Buffalo. I just think Spagnuolo never would have stopped blitzing. I think they would have just said, that's fine. We'll stick guys on an island all day long. We don't care. And we'll put Gay on Knox when we have to. Here it comes. Stop us. Like, you can't do that when you're asking a fourth-round rookie who's never started a game in his life being coverage. So I think it's a domino effect. But, yeah, look, they've been put in the base. And, by the way, the Niners, if they're going to put the Chiefs in their base defense, Juszczyk's going to be out there. Kittle's like having a sixth offensive lineman. They're going to pound the ball. And if the Chiefs aren't ready for that, they're going to be in for a long day on defense. Yeah, I want to ask you about Nick Bolton. I'm glad you brought him up. Um, because somebody claimed that there's a drop-off with Nick Bolton this season. Like, do you see a drop-off with Nick Bolton this season in your eyes? I think there have been times the last couple of weeks specifically when he's making tackles, but he's making them nine yards down the field because he's getting blocked and he's getting blocked back. But I also think, like, if that's happening, a lot of times it's because your front is allowing that to happen. And these guys – I mean, look. Go back and look at Ray Lewis's whole career. You know when Ray Lewis was great? When Sam Adams and Tony Saragusa were in front of him. And they were eating blocks. Like, Nick Thanks. Bolton – Nick Bolton's a really good player. But he has struggled a little bit the last couple of weeks because he's getting hit three, four yards back. And look, he's not he, – this is where I brought up Willie Gay earlier. Willie Gay is so damn fast that a lot of times it doesn't matter. Like, he can just make the guy miss and get around him and he's up the field. Bolton, he's instinctive. If he sees a lane, he's as good as anybody in the NFL shooting that gap and making the play. But if he's got to get off blocks, he doesn't have the same athleticism that Gay does. So, to me, Gay's more of that athletic marvel where Bolton's more of the missile where he's he's not as fast, but he's so instinctive and he's so quick. Look, if you're asking me, do I think Bolton's had a little bit of a step back the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I do, but I don't think it's all because of him. If you're asking me, do I think he's a really damn good linebacker? Yeah, I do. Like, he's... He's a very good player who's had a rough couple of weeks, partially because these teams are going in heavy and they're getting their blockers free to the second level. And yeah, yeah, look, Bolton's got to do a better job of shedding blocks, but it's also tough when you got a guy who's 320 pounds, who's athletic coming at you and nobody's touched him. So it, it all works in tandem. I feel like as a team, we should be really happy with our linebacking core. Like between what Darius Harris has brought to the team with Gay being out. And then of course we've got Chanel and then, well, I mean, as a team, I'm very happy with our – I'm very pleased with the linebackers. Harris has been good. Like, Harris, to his credit, really stepped up and played. But by the way, I thought the best single defensive play yesterday was Darius Harris in third and one. Yep. When for all the world, you're like, man, there's no way they're stopping him. And I, Harris, he almost took the handoff. I mean, he was he was through the line of scrimmage immediately. It was a great play. I would like to see, even when Gay comes back, like not taking Gay or Bolton off the field, but like for this week. If teams are going to go heavy, put Harris out there with him. He's good. Get up the field. He's instinctive. Let him run. Let him play. Go. I, I got a strategy for this week. Ask uh, you, Kylie, country get done. I know. No. <laughs> I, I got a strategy. Um, take Pacheco's number and give it to Clyde, and then take Clyde's number and give it to Pacheco, <laughs> and then we just going to do that all week. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm all for it. Okay, we can agree to some. Because <laughs> they, uh, they, they don't use them properly. They still don't use Clyde properly. Even when they've been shown that the first couple of weeks they were throwing him the ball and it looked good. Even Boogie was on board with Clyde. Like, this is how you use him. Then they was like, nah, we're we going to go away from that. So it's like, I don't know. Are they are they holding stuff for the playoffs? Are they are they playing vanilla if, on purpose? If Is they're it- doing that, they should all be fired. They should all be fired. Like, I know what you mean, but like, look, I, I think there's truth in you're going to hold a handful of like concepts back for when you really need them. Sure. Yeah. But. Like, when you're playing a game like yesterday, that's an important game. Whoever wins that game is a great shot at the one seed. You can't be worrying about Buffalo in January when Buffalo's there in October. You know, I, I think overall, you know, talking to some people around the team after the game, like, they're they're pretty optimistic about where they are. I think they, they feel fine. Like, they know this is a little bit of a – I don't want to say rebuild here. They wouldn't say that. But, like, a reshuffling of the deck. And Buffalo, it's not a reshuffling of the deck. It's the same team plus Von Miller. So, for the Chiefs – you know, I think sometimes you lose a little perspective. We all do. Like, this team, by a lot of people, was picked to be last in the AFC West. There are people like, they're not going to make the playoffs. Look, let's be real. If they're not hurt and they don't just blow a tire in the playoffs, they're going to be in the AFC Championship game. And, I mean, they're, they're going to be there. I mean, maybe, maybe a team like Baltimore or Cincinnati or the Chargers, like, at some point here gets rolling. Boogie's shaking his head. He's concerned. Uh, but I, I don't – I don't see that. Like to me, if they play their a, a good quality game, they will be in the AFC title game. I, I would be I would be surprised if they're not. Is, Matt, is don't look. Measure... Boogie's I'm always sorry, playing right? devil's advocate. Boogie's always playing devil's advocate, so he's he always got to be shaking his head. Yeah. Matt, is there a level of boredom or satisfaction, or we know we're better? We can just turn it on when we want to. Has is, is has the success? Kind of went to their head a little bit. I I don't think I thought in 2020 there was a little bit of that when they would get up in these big these games and they'd always get up by like 20 points and then they would just like the lead would go down to three and then they'd have to score. I don't think so. I think it's just you know, like the Indianapolis game was a tire fire. Like that was just a disaster, right? I mean, you couldn't make more mistakes than they made. There should be a 30 for 30 on that game. Like that game, that was impossible. To do what they did in that game. Like, if it came out that she's bet on the Colts' money line, you'd be like, okay, that makes sense. Um, no, I don't I don't think so. I think part of it is, look, they do have a deficiency. They need better edge rush. They need to get healthy on defense. That's part of it. Let's be fair, too. They need Orlando Brown to play the way he played last year, which isn't top five as an LT, but it's top ten. Like, he's not been that this year. Now, I think he's been better the last game and a half, but I'm curious to see how he plays out of the bye because he's been nicked up. Let's see what you get out of them there. They need, and I think you're starting to see it. They need number like a, uh, they need a receiver to emerge as the guy. I think Juju's starting to do that. But th- but he, for as talented as he is, I agree with what Boogie said earlier. Like he's not a clear cut number one receiver. He's okay in that role because they have Kelsey, so you can kind of like middle it a little bit. So, all right, we well, got Kelsey, so really Juju's your number two. But they'd really be cooking if Juju was your number three. Like, then you'd really be in a spot. You could just spread teams out, but go ahead. Do whatever you want. Um, but I, I think, look, overall, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy though they are. This might sound really weird because they lost yesterday. 
I'm more confident today in them than I was yesterday, except, except for their situational coaching, which just scares the hell out of me. But, like, there was a little part of me going to that Buffalo game. I was like, man, I don't know. Like, Buffalo has been together a long time. The Chiefs, it's all new. You know, no Tyreek. What's it going to look like? The, the Bills didn't outclass the Chiefs yesterday. Like, you didn't walk away from that game going, God, the Bills are just so much better than the Chiefs. I walked away from that game going, geez, if the Chiefs execute two or three plays a little bit better, they probably win. So I actually walked out being pretty optimistic about it, but I also get the Chief fan who says, look, man, like they lost. That's the bottom line, and, and fair enough. Country, do you think the Chiefs are taking people lightly? Like the question you asked him, I want to ask you that. Do you think that? I think they have, yeah. I think they took uh, – I think everybody took Indianapolis uh, lightly. Um I don't know if they took the Bills lightly. I don't think it meant as much as it meant for Buffalo that it meant for Kansas City. Because, like, after they lost, Pat Mahomes goes, like, okay, we lost. You know, we'll get them in January. I think it literally didn't mean that much to them. You really think the Chiefs think they are that good that these games are not important? Yeah. Yes. I think it's a a measure. Yeah. (laughs) Because I think they can. I, they think sometimes they can step on the field and beat anybody. This team, they've never done it before. Why would they think that? If if they think that, they need a gigantic kick in the ass. Like I, I mean, I would say, look, you can't. I mean, against the Bill, like the Colts, I could hear that a little bit. If the Colts were so bad the first two weeks. Maybe the Chiefs just kind of subconsciously are like, "Look, we're going to kill this team." Okay, I can hear that. Not against Buffalo. I'd argue right now it's the best rivalry in football. I thought both teams played their asses off yesterday. I just thought the Chiefs made a few mistakes. They had a few injuries. And look, the Bills were without Tredavious White, so let's not pretend like they were full strength either. They were missing (laughs) a big-time guy. Okay, He matters. The Chiefs were missing some big guys on their defense. That matters. But I got to be honest. You know what I think this is going to come down to? I I am one of these people. I think it is going to be those two teams, the fourth weekend in January in Orchard Park. And whoever plays better that day wins. But you had a long season until you're to that point. You've got to continue to ascend and to get better. You have to continue to work out the kinks. Buffalo, by the way, they're not they're not without fault either. The Chiefs moved the ball up and down the field on them all day. Like, if I'm Leslie Frazier, I'm a little bit concerned to my own right. I'm thinking they got 400 yards in that game, and they got a bunch of guys that are basically just still getting to know each other. I'm not feeling all that great about it if I'm Leslie Frazier. Like I, yeah, you held them to 20 points. Fair enough. But it wasn't like the Chiefs weren't moving the ball. The Chiefs had more yards per play yesterday than Buffalo did. The, the Chiefs beat themselves in a lot of ways with penalties or big penalties and two turnovers. Now, not to say the Bills don't deserve to win the game. They certainly did. But, I, look, they, the Chiefs are clearly a, a top three team in the league, and it's October. And mm-hmm. a lot's going to change between now and when everybody's kicking off New Year's. I mean, it just, it just is. I, I think the Chiefs are capable of beating any team in the league if they don't beat themselves. Period. You take away one play yesterday, they win the game. You take away take away Pat's interception in the first quarter, they win the game. Period. I, I, if they don't beat themselves, they will win the game. It's, it's, I mean, it's just proven. Yeah. I mean, were <laughs> you not, surprised? Is that cocky? Is that is that arrogant? Or is it just it's just facts? No, it ain't facts. It's not fair. I mean, I, no, I personally not. feel like They're the Bills losses. came out flat. There are two <laughs> losses. Did Indianapolis beat the Chiefs? 
or the Chiefs beat themselves? I I mean, I have concerns just because I think that the Bills came out flat. And so it's a little concerning to me. I was surprised to see them come out the way that they did offensively. And I don't know that I completely attribute that to us having a strong, solid defense, certainly not a secondary in the first half. Does that concern you? Do you have any thoughts around that, Matt? I thought the Bills moved the ball really well. Look, like, I, I can't get behind the whole one play thing only because country, like, the Bills could sit there and go, yeah, well, if they didn't fumble the ball in the red zone, right? Like, then it's a two score game. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, what it could have shut it. I mean, what it could have shut it. You know, if, if I, if I, you know, if I sat there and did that for every play, my, my argument would be in the game, if you want to look at it that way, look, the Chiefs took some penalties that killed them. That, you know, the, the Bills took some penalties, but they didn't kill them. Like, they took, they took a few penalties, but they, they weren't backbreakers. The Chiefs had a touchdown wiped off the board because of a penalty. The Chiefs had another penalty on Kelsey. They, they have first and goal if it doesn't happen. That's the kind of stuff. And it's not like those like if those penalties didn't happen, those plays wouldn't happen. They still would have happened. Like it wasn't like it impacted the game where you go, well, if you didn't take that penalty, it doesn't happen. It's not like a hold on a run where that's the only reason the play was able to go for 50 yards or whatever. But the point is this to me. Like I look at this and say it's October. Every time I go to NFL events, I always try to ask people in the league different things. Like, look, and one of the questions I've asked people a lot, you know, GMs, execs, whatever, players, coaches, agents, when does the season truly start for you? When does it really start? And I get the same answer every time. Thanksgiving. Like, that's when you know what you've got and you know who you are. And until then, you're jockeying for position. But when you get to Thanksgiving, it's time to turn it up. That's when you know who you are and you go for it. I think that the Chiefs, I think they're going to be a 12 or 13 win team. I think they'll win the West. I think they'll be a top two seed. And look, it's going to come down to how do you execute in January? But how you execute in January is dependent upon the habits you create now. And that's why I don't like when people just like brush this stuff aside. Oh, it doesn't matter. They lost the Bills. Because look, it doesn't mean they're going to lose the Bills again. But why they lost matters. A couple careless penalties, bad clock management, weird play calling. Weird personnel decisions. That stuff matters. That's the kind of shit to get you killed in these games late in the year when you got to have it. You'll get away with that against Houston because you're going to kill Houston. You're more talented. It doesn't matter. You're not playing Houston in the AFC Championship game. So like that, that's the concern. I always think about the Super Bowl the Chiefs won, and I was, in the, I was in the press box for that game. And I remember watching them call timeouts at the end of the first half, idiotically, okay, and Kittle catches that ball down the sideline, and they got lucky. It was a ticky-tack call, very much like the one on Kelsey yesterday, and they brought it back. If they don't bring it back, like the Niners get points there. And it might change the whole game, you know, because they're trying to close timeouts. And then next year in the Super Bowl, <laughs> they did the same damn thing. And Brady said, thank you very much. Touchdown. And that game went from 14-6 at half to 21-6, and the game was over. You cannot do that kind of stuff in important games. Nice. Um, well, well, Matt, um, just got a few things before we uh, get up out of here. Um, so after this game, where are you at on Josh Allen right now as far as um, in the, him and the quarterback rankings? I mean, to me, he's, he's 1B, you know. I, I think – and Bills fans get furious with me with this because I, I keep saying I, it's not that hard of a decision for me. Like, Allen's amazing. He athletically is the most complete player in the league. No, no doubt. I mean, in terms of just he can run, he can throw, he can – I mean, he can avoid sacks. Like – I don't know that there's anybody who's got that sc- like, like Lamar Jackson's a much better runner, but he's not the he's not going for five thousand yards this year through the air, right? Like for me, 
I think Allen's the most complete athlete in the game at that position. Where I where I go with Mahomes though is Allen's highs are every bit as high as Mahomes's, but his lows are lower, much lower than Mahomes's. Whereas with Mahomes, look, I know he threw two picks yesterday. I get it, but like you watch games with Allen. Even last year, even one game earlier this year with Miami, where you're like, what is going on? Like, why is he ha- – well, with Mahomes, you just – it's consistently – he's going to play great every week. Like, very rarely. Like, it's, it's bizarre if he doesn't play well. And even last year when he went through struggles, there were games where people were like, man, he didn't play well. He threw for like 280. Like, he still was putting up numbers, but just for him it was a struggle because it didn't look like what it normally looks like. I think my, I I don't think the argument that's interesting is Mahomes or Allen because they're so close. Like I'm fine with you either going either way. I like to, I, for me, it's Mahomes. The, the real interesting thing to me is who's third, who's third in the league. That that's to me the more interesting question. That is open to a litany of guys. It's Mahomes and Allen at the top, and then there's a to me a pretty significant drop down. I think I think yesterday even widened the gap even further because Lamar had a. A not good performance. Um, I, I don't Coach, know what I don't really think like. nothing. What ch- we didn't really learn nothing last, this week that we didn't know before this week. To me, we didn't. I think no. I think they put on a show where they showed you they are the best two quarterbacks, and nobody is on that level. You didn't think, think that last is- week. I think you argue it just to argue right now, but I'm just no, saying I'm they saying. showed us again that they are the top two quarterbacks. Before this week, we already everybody said Josh Allen was the number two quarterback, if not one. okay. But we heard whispers of Herbert, we heard whispers of Lamar, we heard whispers of Macaulay Culkin in uh, Cincinnati. Those guys are not on their level. <laughs> They're not clearly. I think I think no, but what I'm saying is every week they showed us this. That they are better, the gap is just widening every day. It's like the Mississippi River right now. Yeah, but it is. They, Lamar's they, they not on. Lamar ain't on that level. That performance he put out Sunday, that knocked him back a little bit, in my opinion. Yeah, He's had terrible. some knockback performances. You, who is not that guy? That was terrible. It was terrible. Herbert hasn't. Terrible. Country, country, respectfully, I ain't trying to cut you off. Go ahead and talk, Chuck. What you said? Man, Boogie, don't start, man. You heard what I said. I did. I'm sorry. Country was talking. Country, 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 continue. Continue. I'm sorry, I, I heard that Lamar, you know, slight. But anyway, um, I, I think we're gonna be fine, man. I, I think, I think we in the emotional moment. It was a big game. We took an L. Um, here's a question I have for the whole panel. Do you think Buffalo left? encouraged in that game of like we beat the Chiefs, we're good, we're there, we've arrived? Or do you think they were like, man, we kind of skated out of there with one. We kind of got one today. Boogie, be honest, bro. They beat teams by an average of 18 points on the year. That's why that's how they beaten down teams. They didn't come down and beat a bunch of rookies down yesterday. Well, yeah, also, them teams are terrible right now. Like, Pittsburgh, they ain't going nowhere. You know, they got to win against I mean, Tampa. but period, though. Tennessee ain't doing nothing right now. Like, No, I mean, they are not. They they, they, they win was uh, against Baltimore before yesterday. So, yeah. I think, Bal- I think Tennessee left right with now. more encouragement in themselves than Buffalo did. 
Buffalo just came on the road and Josh Allen outplayed Mahomes in Arrowhead. You telling me you think the Chiefs feel better about themselves than Buffalo? And the Chiefs led that game for what, 58 minutes? You telling me the Chiefs in a loss feel better than Buffalo who came here on the road and beat the Chiefs? You know what? I'm going I'm to play the Mills lane here. I'm going to get in the middle <laughs> and say that I actually think there's there's shreds of truth on both sides. Look, you, you can't feel, the Chiefs can't feel better than the Bills because they lost. All. I mean, I, I, I can't get that far. The Bills are going to feel great about it because they won. They went into Arrowhead and they won. They should feel great about it. Like, I will say this. It did catch my attention that at the end of the game, the Bills are celebrating like they were going to the Super Bowl. And I'm going to tell you right now, you better believe the Chiefs noticed that. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff. It's like I remember – look, the Bills are a lot better than this team, but I remember last year when Yannick Ngakwe was dancing on the logo for the game. And I was on the phone with my dad for the game. Like, the Chiefs are about to whip their ass something fierce in this game. Like, you just know it's coming. Like, you know. And if, if I remember right, you guys can correct me. This is the first play of the game. The Raiders fumbled. The Chiefs ran it back for a touchdown. You're like, oh, oh, this is going to be bad. They are going to turn up on them like nobody's business. Well, the Chiefs will remember that they were celebrating like that. But also, not even just, like, the disrespect part of it. It was more like. Why like, you're the Bills? Like you, you guys are a great team. This is still your Super Bowl. This is still mm-hmm. the game. Like, if the Chiefs beat the Bills in Buffalo, there is no way, no way that they would be like that in the sideline. Like they'd be excited, they'd be happy. But I think, look, if you're the Bills, you should feel very accomplished. You should be proud. You won the game. You're in great position to get the number one seed. They haven't been number one seed since 1993. Which, by the way, they saw the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game that year. Like, if you're the Bills, you should be you should be jacked up. On the flip side. I think if you're the Chiefs, if you're the players, you should be frustrated. If you're the coaching staff, if you're Veach, I think quietly, privately, you're like, you know what? We had all these kids playing in this game. And we we would have, could have, should have, but like could have won that game, maybe should have won that game. And I and I really believe what I said earlier. If you're Spagnuolo, you're going, you know what? If we can get better with our with our rookies and whatnot, we get McDuffie back and we can play them in man coverage, we can blitz him to death. Because they had no answer for it. The other thing that stopped happening that game, if you guys noticed, when they started blitzing, the Bills couldn't run for a yard. The Chiefs were just creasing those gaps and blitzing them to death. And the Bills, they couldn't do anything. Allen, at one point in the middle of the second quarter, had gone 2 of 11 for 15 yards. Like, they were just teeing off on him all game. And he he had no answer. They had no answer other than a one-on-one to Joshua Williams. So, I think the Bills leave very happy, as they should. I think the Chiefs walk away from it going, look, we see him again, and we're healthy. Like, we feel pretty good about it. Like, we feel like we can win that game, and I think that is what sets up for what would be a great rematch if they do see each other again. Yeah, that's why I use the phrase encouraged. I don't, I don't think they, – they don't feel better. Of course, they lost, but they should be encouraged. And, and we don't do moral victory, so at the end of the day. But I think they say, okay, we belong on this field. They gave us a shot, and and we hung on to the end. They just got us in the end. But next time we'll see them, results can be pretty different. Buffalo had, what, two, three shots to blow the game wide open and couldn't? Well, early they had a couple chances in the red zone. They couldn't couldn't get points. The Chiefs held them once, and then they fumbled. You know, I think if you're the Chiefs, like the other part of this too is, like Mahomes is not – not publicly petty, but clearly is. Like oh, he's very petty. He does. And, you know, look, he's going to be he's going to be internally seething at the fact that he threw two picks in that game. And he's going to be pissed off the fact that they had a shot to win that game. It was on his racket. 
and they went three and out. Like they lost the yard and spun the ball. If they see Buffalo again, you're going to get the best version of him in that game. You will look. I don't think it's any coincidence that last year, when they lost the Bills and played as poorly as they did, like you got the absolute best game you've ever seen out of him in the playoffs, right? And by the way, for for uh, your your Bills for or Bengals friend here in the chat, I got to tell you right now, if I had to lay money on the best game you're going to see out of him this year, oh, it's when they play Cincinnati. That's well, a it's, fact. It's coming. That's a fact. Like it, Burrow better throw for 500 yards in that game because it's coming. Like if, mm-hmm. if I had to lay a bet on my life, and you said, "What do you guys? You give me the over on whatever the total is in that game." He is going to throw. They may not run once. So you know, like, but that I think that kind of stuff. Like they'll see each other again, and it's probably going to be in Buffalo. But if they win that game, that's all that matters. Like that, honestly. Like in the, in the end, that's what matters is winning that game. And I think they'll be in position to give themselves a great shot to do it. Yeah. If if you want an idea on what Mahomes put that comment back up. If you want an idea of what Mahomes is behind the scenes, follow Bobby Stroke. Is it Stroke or Stupe? I don't. I don't know. Follow Bobby. Stroupe. Oh my gosh, he's so terrible. Because <laughs> Bobby is an assassin. Wait, Bobby wait, had wait, a lot Stroupe. of thoughts in the Buffalo game. Um, yeah, Bobby. Hey. If you want to know how Pat thinks for real, Bobby Country. is got to follow. Country, you worse on them names than smack at a drunk uh, URL event, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, that, December cannot come fast enough. Oh, I know. I know. What's the game? December 13th? My Super Bowl. I'm My putting out a PBA. If if we are what they call it when the police looking for you, we putting out a uh I don't know. I don't even know what it is. An all points bulletin? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you got it. You better not disappear. I want you to stand tall. Please. Behind your fans, like you've been standing tall. You disappeared when y'all was 0-3, and then y'all won a couple uh-huh. games. And, and boys, when we wore a nice little I suit. To, and, I want to see what you really look like after we beat y'all. I want your face, not your <laughs> Show your I think face he's Boomer Esiason. I think year, he looks please, like man. Boomer Esiason. He's a 10-year-old kid this whole it time. It might be Boomer Icky Woods. Boomer Miles Gilberry. <laughs> that, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, man, Matt, so, Matt man, go. you know we love you, man. You are very honest, a very brutally honest guy, which I we am. love. Sometimes yeah. you need that realness and that honesty to make you feel better. I feel much better about that game now that we've discussed it with you. Well, I'm I'm glad to come on, and yes, that is uh, definitely the New York in me. That'll never leave, for better or worse. I think that's for you sure. You from Queens or Brooklyn? I'm I'm from about an hour and a half outside the city, so oh, okay. I, uh, I'm from I'm from a little outside the the uh, city limits. But yeah, it's uh, it's certainly like living in the Midwest. It's a different mentality with a lot of the people. And my wife's family, I gotta I gotta tone that down quite a bit when I'm when I'm at dinner <laughs> with the in laws. But uh, yeah, hey, listen. Got to be honest with yourself. Otherwise, what the hell are you wait? You're wasting time, right? No. Exactly. But, uh, no. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate well, it. Can I Matt, ask you a New York question? Hold yeah. on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I have to ask this: Are the rats in New York that big and that much of a problem? You got to keep. You got to. You got to keep your head in a swivel in New York. Those rats. They got. They carry knives. You, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. You're sitting there waiting on the subway. All of a sudden, you feel like a poke in your ankle, and you look back, and you're getting stuck up by a rat. No. They, <laughs> They well see that's the thing like so I I live outside Chicago now Chicago they've got alleyways right so like you can put all your garbage in the alleyways there's no alleyways in New York there's not enough room it's an island 
So they right. just build the buildings right next to each other, and all the garbage on garbage day just goes right out onto the street. And so those rats, like they, they'll just walk on the sidewalk with you. You look down, you're like, oh, hey, what's, what's going on? Um, look, New York City, the best part of New York City is like Battery Park and down near the Twin Towers where, where they stood, you know, where, where the World Trade Center is. Um, that part's the best part. Parts of Brooklyn, you know, Flatbush and, and, and whatnot down there. That's, that's a great part. People make the mistake of going to New York City and they're like, you know, we need to go to see an authentic experience, Times Square. Times Square is an atrocity. Don't ever go to Times The only thing that's good near Times Square is Rockefeller Center during Christmas. That's it. Everything else is a bunch of naked people playing a guitar. You don't want any part of it. <laughs> you go to New York City, please. Don't, don't go to Times Square and start judging New Yorkers off of that. That is not New York. Is Man, the naked cowboy year, still a thing? The naked cowboy is still a thing? I hope, I hope somebody's taking him out at this point. <laughs> I really I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what is New York. I remember years ago. I'll give you a final one before we leave. I remember years ago. Probably five, six years. Uh, yeah, probably at least six years ago now. I was walking through New York City with my then girlfriend, and this poor guy, he's probably, I don't know, maybe he's 20, he's riding a, a bike and he's delivering Domino's pizza. And he's got a basket in the back and he's got about five pizzas. And, and he stops at a red light, and some guy just knocks him off his bike and takes and takes all five pizzas and just runs off into the night. The kid's oh. screaming at him, cursing at him. Nobody even blinked. Like nobody stopped, nobody cared, and I and I, this guy turns to me as we're waiting across the street. And he goes, "Hey man, at least he left him his bike." <laughs> that was, and he agrees. Like, yeah, it's true. He did leave him his bike. You know, like it was just you know, like nobody even thought about it. Like nobody even like nobody thought like stop this guy, help this kid. It was like ah, it's Domino's. I'll be all right. They'll take the loss. <laughs> you know, that's that's New York is at its finest. Well, I'm I'm terrified of rats. I want to visit New York, but I am terrified of rats. It's a shame. I'm not scared of Bengals, though. (laughs) I'm not scared of Bengals. We appreciate you coming on. Before before you leave, you got to tell us what you got going on. Oh, God, too much. Uh, All right, so (laughs) you go to YouTube, check out the Arrowhead Attic podcast, of course, after you watch Kingdom Cast. Um, you can check that out. Uh, we got stuff going on on that channel every single day. Uh, Stack the box, which I'll do tomorrow live at, at noon Eastern, 11 Central. You can ask questions during it. Uh, I'm on with Sterling Holmes out of KC. Uh, we have the, we cover the whole league there. Uh, it's every Tuesday and Sunday morning. And then also, um, look, fanside.com or my Twitter feed, really. You can find everything I write between Stack the box column on Monday, covers the whole league. Power rankings on Tuesday, quarterback rankings Wednesday, picks Thursday, and I have a couple features to go out every week. I wrote about Geno Smith and talked to a few people in Seattle for that. So um, go ahead and, and check it out and keep me employed. So good deal. We the amount of slander I took for supporting Geno Smith, I'm just – I'm beyond happy. Oh, he's, he's doing, You might have deserved it for most years, but he's doing well. I did, I did, I did. I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah I years years later. Don't let yourself off the hook because it's a six good game. <laughs> but he's playing great. He's playing great. He is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Matt, thank you for having thank you for being on our show today, man. Uh, Appreciate you, Matt. Before, thank you so much. No problem. Anytime. All right. Well, before we go ahead and head up head on out of here, people, gotta get a word in from our sponsor. Uh go to homage, go to homage.com right now. Uh, they got they got the whole ordeal with the free shipping on orders of twenty five dollars or more. That's today only. So you got until midnight Central Standard Time, or I don't know if it's eleven p.m. Central Standard Time or twelve Eastern. But who knows? But yeah, 
before midnight. Make sure you get their order in on that. And also, we got something new coming up from Homage. Uh, they put some videos out and promo this already. So uh, the starter jackets are back, y'all. So the pre-orders are available right now. So, yeah. Um, I think it's like, I don't know if it's a limited, I think it might be a limited supply. I'm not sure. But, yeah, if you want to get a starter jacket, go to that website right now. Get your order in, man. Yeah, you can even get a um, a Bengals one if you want. I don't. I don't care. Fuck that. They, they don't sell those. They don't sell those. They said that's the only team they don't have. That's the only team they don't have. <laughs> Four boys. No, quit asking us to do that. That would never Man, happen on this show. No, he is a child. I'm done. He's Four from days. New Orleans now. What? Did, who the? What? If y'all beat the Chiefs, I want your face on here. If we beat y'all. I'll say it on here, man. Shake yeah, up man. on it. Let yeah, me know. Yeah, yeah we, need to, uh, we need to figure that out, man, because don't both franchises say who they – um, Bengals and Saints. Saints have been more relevant than theirs. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's confusing. Man, hey, bro, stop posting that ring. That shit is terrible. <laughs> stop man. it, bro. Most one of these to say something about some Super Bowl, man. You ain't got nothing like that. We don't want to see that. Show, show them the background, man. Do you have one That's of all these? we celebrate. Do you have one of these, bro? We, we don't celebrate championships, AFC championships, and all that's come on. We we didn't did that four or five times. Right. Some rings, man. Right. We'd have been there like four or five years in a row. It's like, come on. <laughs> Get you some real rings, man. But the no ring looks rings, terrible. Man. The words are spelled wrong. Diamonds are missing out of the ring. Like the ring looks terrible. You could tell the, the the bottom part is plastic. Like, what cracker box <laughs> did you get that out of? Did it Y'all come out of Boro cereal rings, or something like? Come on, man. The ring is real, terrible, bro. It's real jewelry, man. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Pay homage, pay homage to this, sport boys. Yeah, just pay homage to that, dog. That's all. One day. But real Wait. quick though, I want to ask y'all. Uh, I want to ask y'all a question. Uh, uh, go across the league, man. Like, what's your biggest takeaway from this week? Just going across the league. Uh, I definitely think there's a big gap between the great teams and the okay good teams. And I think that the Bills aren't maybe as scary as we originally thought. Mm. What you got, Book? Uh, for the week, I will probably say that. I would say if we're going around the league, I would say maybe the NFC East is the best mm-hmm. division and that the Giants may be serious. I, I, I think the NFC East got probably the three best teams in the NFC in one division down there. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm leaning towards that. And I'm going to lean towards is Josh Allen's uh, league this year. He'll be MVP right now. Just as of right now, things can change on that. But right now, I think it's, it's Josh Allen's uh, MVP season, unless he trick it up. That, that's cool. You know what I mean? Because MVPs, they haven't won a Super Bowl since 1999, so you can go ahead have that. Country, what you got, man? Uh, Tom Brady wasn't lying. It's a lot of bad football in the league. Yeah, horrible. It's about five or six good teams can total. It's a lot of bad football being played. So, Buffalo, Kansas City, Philly. I don't know. I say I don't know. I say that, Paul. I mean, Jalen Hurts even playing well still. 
Philly been playing good, but you gonna put Dallas on that conversation right now? Hell no, nah. shoot, they need that. You saw it last night. They clearly need that. Just Cooper yeah. Rush can't play from that far behind, dog. Like no, no, no. in the AFC. Miami's falling off a little bit. Um yeah, yeah, they're playing good football right now. Um I think Chiefs falling Bengals, off. the best teams in the AFC. The who? Bengals, Chiefs, who? and Buffalo. The who? He said he said the Bengals, Chiefs, and Buffalo are like the top three teams in the AFC right now. For me. The who? <laughs> oh yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know what country's doing. But <laughs> but for me. Look, who they? (laughs) (laughs) But for me, though, man, if I had to to pick something out, man, uh, you mentioned some of these teams already, country. Uh, The AFC East, man, they low-key a little scary right now, man, because Belichick's still hanging around. And if I'm Bill Belichick, dog, I don't care if Matt Jones is a first-round pick. You ain't getting your job back, bro. Bailey Zappi. Controls that offense a lot better. He's in more command that offense. He's a more accurate passer. And on top of that, they're able to run the ball more effectively because of it. This the hoodie. He don't care about no first-round picks or nothing like that. That, That's the hoodie. But but Mac Jones from Alabama, you know him and Nick Saban are tight. That's the hoodie. Yeah, I get it. We ain't finished yet. (laughs) (laughs) What did Marcus Peters say? We we not we not we not done yet. We not done yet. No, nah, that's hey. I said we ain't it, done yet. How much was Drew Blesso? Drew Blesso was a hundred million dollar quarterback when Tom Brady was there. Yeah, he was kind of getting paid still. Yeah. What it what it the hoodie? That was the young hoodie. This old hoodie ain't got time for playing around. You're right. You're right, bro. And then uh, the Jets they playing some ball too, man. They got they got some talent on their team, man. Um, and Zach Wilson. He's starting to he's starting to play a little in control, man. He ain't running around as much. He's starting to work on he's work he really worked on trying to hang in that pocket before deciding to run. And he's made some good throws. So Zach Wilson is playing better. The uh, the Jets, uh, they got they got a good future ahead of them if they continue to build it right. Um, yeah, Brees they Hall, got 19 first round picks, they better. Right, and Brees Hall, he, to me, Brees Hall, he's, he's been a top five back in the league this year. Uh, that's how that's how well he's been playing. Um, Sauce Gardner, he's a candidate for defensive rookie of the year. He, he's had a good year. Um, so yeah, man. Man, uh, put Hefe comment up there and we can close it out. Yeah, exactly. It, it didn't bother me as much either. It was frustrating, but yeah. Um, so that being said, man, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, share all your social media platforms. Till the next episode, we out on the Frisco. Pay homage. Yep.